Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find a full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music. Hey, this is Ben Earl. Welcome to the Country Music Talk podcast. You can catch me Sunday mornings from 9 on Absolute Radio Country. And we have the no repeat guarantee weekdays between nine and five. Check it out on DAB Radio in the UK on the free Absolute Radio app or ask your smart speaker to play Absolute Radio Country. Now, my special guest is not just a country music icon, but a music icon. It's Leanne Rhymes. This is the Country Music Talk podcast from Absolute Radio Country. This is Absolute Radio Country, I'm Ben Earl, and today I'm joined by a multi-platinum, <laughs> Grammy award-winning music icon. I mean, not only has she conquered country music with songs like How Do I Live and Blue, of course, as well, but she's also conquered the country pop crossover with hits like Can't Fight the Moonlight, 48 million records you have right. sold. Um, welcome to Absolute Radio Country, Thanks. Leanne Ryan. Hello. How are you doing? I'm so good. I'm are you enjoying our British weather? I am, actually. I live in L.A., so okay. it's always sunny, so I need a season. So it's nice to have some rain while I'm here, and it's actually been beautiful. I was I got here on Sunday, so the first couple of days were super sunny. It's been nice. I think I'd swap L.A. for this someday. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, not if cold. you lived here all the time, it's <laughs> cold and rainy, I get it, I get it. I mean, you haven't been here for so long. And what's it like being back when so, so many fans I know are so excited? Yeah, um, I actually came back last year to film a a TV show with Luke Evans. We did um, this beautiful uh, song together. We did How Do I Live Together, which was really fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's been, but before that, it's been a while because I played, I guess we played here six years ago. So um, we were supposed to play in 2020. We had the Royal Albert Hall booked actually in 2020. And then, of course, that went down Something the drain. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> went down the drain. So, um, yeah, I think it's taken us all a while after, you know, the pandemic to kind of get back on our feet. So, I've been touring the States, and then now we're bringing it over here for one night only at the O2. I'm super excited. I was about to say, there's so much I want to chat to you about, but yes. you are here to obviously announce, yes. as you just did. <laughs> yes, I'll be at the O2 yeah. on May 8th. Um, it's our biggest show yet to date um, here in the UK, so... I'm super excited to play It's this. massive. Yeah. It's, I'm, so, I'm so excited. Yay. I mean, I, I'm in a band and my duo partner, Chrissy, you were a massive inspiration yeah, for her yeah, yeah. growing up. And Thank when I started you. interviewing you and you're doing the show next year, she was like, I've got to be there. Aww. Front row. I mean, you have so Thanks. many fans over here. What, what can they kind of expect from the O2 show? I mean, we really have 30 years of music to pull from, which is wild. And then I've had I've had records that have been released in, in the UK, like what a record called Whatever We Wanna, and then the album before God's Work, which is called Remnants, was really big over here. So I think there's a lot of music that maybe I wouldn't tap into in the States all the time okay. that I will definitely tap more into here. So um, who knows? I mean, it may is a little bit of a, a, a far distance away, so I don't know what we'll put together. I feel like my shows are super intimate, like no matter how big the venue, and yeah. it's all about the connection with the audience, and I love it being about the music. There's not a lot of flash and glitz and glamour. It's just like a great solid band and all about my voice and the connection with people and... I feel like I want all the attention on me. If there's yeah. too much going on, you're not focused. Focus. So, yeah. So, it's always, it's a pretty intimate show. You're probably the first artist I've ever heard to say that out loud. Yeah. I want all the attention uh, you on You know me. what? I'm just going to admit it. No, I was saying it earlier in an interview and I'm like, yeah, we don't really have a lot of like production going on. And then I was just thinking about it. I was like, there's some people that just like are so into that and that's just part of who they are. But for me, it's always been about stripping it back. I mean, even in the States, we do acoustic tours all the time. 
um, if I could walk out, just me, like I would. Like, I mean, honestly, like sometimes it's about adding, but a lot of times it's about like how how can we pull back so it becomes about what we're here for, which is the music and the stories and the connection. I think when you got the voice as well. I mean, I saw Chris Stapleton at the O2. And it was a country to country, a big mm-hmm. country festival, and they've had you know the huge productions on a lot of the other acts. Mm-hmm. And he headlined. It was just him and his band. See, that's they, it. They, they took up about I'm not exaggerating an eighth, a yeah. tenth of the stage. And like you said, it really pulls you in. So it does. I mean, when you're when you're Chris Stapleton, like that's you want to hear his voice. Like that's what you're there for. And I feel like that's kind of that's kind of how I roll. Also, how do you pick the songs? I know you mentioned a few of the albums, but how do you? There must be some that you're like desperate to play, but you know you can't. Or well, obviously, I'm really excited because people love Coyote Ugly over here. So it's I'm just excited to see people's reaction because I know that will be like just this massive wall of sound coming back at yeah. me. Um, so yeah, we'll play that, and of course, How Do I Live and things like that. But um, yeah, I have so many records to choose from. We a lot of the time we'll go on social media and ask people like what songs they want to hear which I love because they always tell me like there's stories that usually come along with the songs so I get to see you know what part of people's lives have been a part of and in the states every night's kind of different because of like I said because we go and ask people what they want to hear so. and you change up the set list. yeah we'll put it wow. like we'll put a couple different songs in every night just so it's a little bit different so that's there's a know, plethora that's, of music to choose from <laughs> that's so cool because a lot of artists wouldn't have the wouldn't be brave enough to oh, do yeah, that I don't, yeah I mean I've literally I'll cover songs all the time. So I'll, I've learned songs five minutes before I walked on stage and I'll literally bring my phone out with lyrics. And I'm like, I just want to sing this tonight. I hope you don't mind. Wow. I don't know it. We're going to figure it out on stage. But I mean, that's just kind of who I am. Like, I just love music. And if I find something I'm inspired by, you know, I, I feel like I feel like there's so much humanity in my show. Like, I'm just not one of those people. I, I used to be. I mean, such a perfectionist growing up, especially as a kid. Like, you just don't want to, you don't want anybody to see you mess up. And like, now it's... My humanity is, you know, front and center. So, so you did a cover of Jolene on your on your Instagram, actually, mm-hmm. which I loved. Oh that yeah, song. so good. And hearing you talk now, I can see your passion for yeah. music. But I'd love to ask you if I can about when you were younger, because mm-hmm. I was watching your Grammy Award um, winning speech. I mean, you were fourteen, youngest <laughs> ever Grammy Award winner. I was so young. Um, and I mean, you were so mature. Yeah. Is your memory clear? Is it hazy at the time? Yeah, it was very hazy. I actually had the flu that night and like oh, wow. 104 fever. <laughs> and I was told, I was, it was awful. I was told by my publicist and everyone, I, I asked, you know, like, what am I supposed to say if I win? And they're like, no country artist has ever won Best New Artist, so like, don't expect it. And um, I'm like, well, why the hell am I going? Because I feel sick as a dog. Like, why are we going if I'm not expected to win anything? Um, that's just how my mind worked at 14. And, um, so I'm like driving in the limo on the way there with my head pressed. It was February. So it was cold outside in New York. My head pressed up against the glass because trying to like bring my fever down. And, um, we get there for the pre-awards and I win best vocal performance for Blue. And everybody around me was like, well, maybe you should think of something just in case. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it was one of those like wild moments. I'm, no one tells you at that age to stop and like take that in looking back at the video, like memories kind of flood me, but my biggest memory of that night was just being awfully ill. <laughs> well, you can't tell at all. I mean, you know, uh, you, the way you were, I couldn't believe how clear you were. You listed thanks. everybody along your journey, even the, yes. the friends back home and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was, it was so real and thanks. honest. And I think that, 
Um, you know, I spend a lot of time in Nashville and it's a very, there's a, a lot of sort of smoke and mirrors and a lot of facade mm-hmm. with a lot of artists at the moment. But yeah. even just having met you for a few minutes, I can tell you're just so real. Thanks. You know, and you love the music. I can just I do. See that. I mean, I love what I do. It's interesting to watch that video back because this little girl, like, just, I mean, I start bawling. <laughs> it's like, I think of it now and I always want to cry because I just look at her and it's like, it's a, like another lifetime. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm always just kind of amazed at, like you said, the poise that I had, yeah. the, you know, how I carried myself at that age. I mean, I've been on stage since I was five. So I was always, and I was always around adults. Like, you know, it was, I just kind of felt like by the time I signed my record deal at 11, it's like, I felt like I'd been working, I've been working up to that for a few years now yeah. since five. So it's time, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> so by 14, it's like with all the success, it's kind of, you don't realize so much later on, like that's not the norm. Yeah. I mean, also mental health, I've seen, is so important for you. You're an Mm -hmm. advocate of that. You've got your Holy Human uh, podcast Mm -hmm. as well. But I'm really interested, What, how well looked after do you think you were during that period? You know, was was mental health kind of a, is it consideration when you're that young or what the industry was like at the time? No, no, absolutely not a consideration. Um, I mean, the industry is rough. I mean, you know, Mm. (laughs) It it can be incredibly rough. And with that kind of success, I was probably dealing with, depression and anxiety much earlier on than than I realize. Um, my mom was pretty depressed when I was growing up, so I think it kind of ran in my family. But no, you know, I think there was a level of my parents being around that was some sense of protection, but mental health, like, wasn't, it was not, we didn't talk about that back then. Yeah. I mean, not till, I, I checked myself into to a rehab center when I was 30, and that was, and I was so, like, anxiety-ridden and really depressed and I was just like, I have to have help. Um, And so I think that was kind of the first time that I really took control of that piece of my life. Um, But before that, like, it just wasn't something we talked about. Thank God in these last, I'm 41 now, so this last decade really, like it's become much more of a, a common conversation. And I've definitely been one of those voices that has been advocating for, you know, for better better mental health and, and bigger conversations around mental health. And I think there needs to be more conversations around that in this industry, yeah. especially for young artists. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're laughing and joking about having the flu. But yeah. like nowadays, yeah. you know, a 14-year-old with the flu going to the Grammys, I mean, you'd yeah. be like, should you be fever right. 104? Stay home. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> they would make you stay home now. It's <laughs> yeah, like, you have COVID, stay yeah, home. Yeah, we do on the Zoom, yeah. just like, yeah. yeah. No, um, no. I mean, I did 500 shows in the first three years of what? my career. Yeah, I mean, So how old were you then, sorry? I was from 13 to 16. You did 500, 500 shows, shows yeah. from 13 to yeah. 16. yeah. It's so interesting because it's kind of one of those things, especially when you're young in the business, people always like, you know, get it while you can. And even though my parents were somewhat protective, they were also a part of my business. And so it was kind of that fine line of protect your child, but also you're running a business with your child at your child's the business. So it was this, I really didn't have a lot of true protection around me. Looking at your success, I mean, it's unbelievable. But in real terms, you're still so young. As a person, as a human, (laughs) you're so young. How do you just feel in general about, you know, your whole, your whole career up to now and where you're going now? I mean, how do you feel about it all? I know? joke that I started as a fetus, but that's what it feels like because, <laughs> I mean, I came out singing and then it all happened so fast when I was so young. So to have 30 years in this business and only be 41, it's like the math doesn't add up. No, totally, totally. <laughs> really well. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful for these last 30 years. Um, it has been a roller coaster ride. I'm one of those very few artists that has actually stood the test of time and people have grown with and I'm still around, people are interested. And I think for me, 
you know, these last like probably three albums ever since my three albums ago was Spitfire. Ever since Spitfire, I started really kind of writing my own material and kind of expanding my voice as a songwriter um, and exploring my own inner world and how to express that not only just through my voice, but through my my writing voice. So yeah. um, I think I've grown so much in these last three records and I, I think I'm making the best music of my life. It might not be the most commercially successful music all the time, but I'm okay with that. Like my whole life used to be about numbers and chart success and I think I've stopped living my life from the outside in and more from the inside out. And it's kind of like, what wants to come through me now? What do I want to create? What lights me up? And then, hey, hope people like it. <laughs> like inviting yeah. people. And luckily, I'm at that point in my career where I can do that. But, you know, I mean, we all still want massive success. But I think what I've learned is just if massive success comes with something that I'm really passionate about, great. But I think we've all done it where we've recorded songs where, you know, oh, is this going to sound great on radio or... You do it for someone else. You do it for the label. And to be honest, I've had hits. I don't sing anymore because I didn't record them for me. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I don't like them. So I've just made that promise to myself at some point. I'm just, I need to be filled up so that I enjoy what I'm doing and then invite people in. So. Yeah, I, th- I think you can hear that on, you know, I listened to God's Work this, this morning yeah, um, in the car with my daughter. She's one. <laughs> How old is she? Uh, she's one. Oh, so, yeah, so she, she was, I can tell when she likes something because she kind of zones out a bit. She doesn't oh, like yeah. it, she just babbles over the top. But oh, she, yeah. she was zoned out during the record. Oh my God, so I love it. You, you've got a fan. Um, but some of the tracks on there, I mean, I love The Only. We've oh, got on there, Ziggy Marley and Ben mm-hmm. Harper. I mean, you're talking about making music that you just want, it wants to fill you up, you said. I mean, a song like that, how did that come about? What was the process? Yeah, so I was doing a podcast um, with um, this fantastic woman, Danielle Laporte. She actually said, the only way we're going to get there is to hold each other's hand. And I was like, oh, I'm stealing that. One minute. My collaborator, Daryl Brown, um, and I, he was there that day. We literally went from podcast room onto the piano. We were like, we could write this like one of two ways. We could write this kind of Beatlesque, or we could write this with a little bit more. He's like, why don't we just like throw it? a little reggae. I'm like, all right. And I've never thought I'd have like a reggae leading song song on a record. But then after we wrote it, I'm like, this is so happy. It's so infectious. Then we got Ziggy and Ben. I met Ben in my dentist office <laughs> several okay, years ago. As you do. <laughs> so kind. I love him to death. And I was like, oh my God, he'd be perfect. And then let's get Ziggy to like totally solidify the sound. Um, we unfortunately were in COVID. So uh, all of us were like separate recording it. But Everybody on this album, it took, you know, I have Lettucey on this record, um, Sheila E., like so many, Mickey Mickey Guyton, so many great artists. And it, you know, that song in particular is about community. I feel like this whole album was really connected. I felt connected for the first time, I think, to my community of artists who were more than happy to jump on. And I actually, when I started making this record, um, I went to Dave Matthews' show, Love Dave Matthews, and Stefan Lessard, who plays bass for them, I was, I mean, I've had a few drinks um, at their concert and I went up <laughs> to him after, which I'd never walk up to anyone. And I'm like, hey, will you come play bass, bass on my record? We're going to the studio soon. He's like, sure. And I thought, okay, that's like a Hollywood chore and I'll never hear from yeah. you again. <laughs> so I got his number and when I called, he was like, ah, absolutely, I'll come in. And so it kind of snowballed. I was like, well, if he'll say yes, 
how many other people can I get to say this? <laughs> and so it became this like community of, of beautiful souls on this album, which I love. Can I just say I'm so thankful as well because I'm half Jamaican. The fact oh, you didn't do any awesome. kind of accent on that song. Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no. The no, amount no. of people that do, it's no. like, just, just sing it. You oh, know? yeah, no. no, absolutely not. I left that up to Ziggy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned Mickey Guyton a second ago. Obviously, you did CMT Crossroads. You had an episode of Leanne Rhymes and Friends. Mm-hmm. You had Mickey on there, Carly Pierce, uh, and Ashley McBride. I mean, how important is it for you you know the diversity in country music and sort of bringing other artists through because it's tough for female artists isn't it in country at the moment it is i mean it's i feel like we had a a peak of female artists in the 90s um luckily i was on that train um but it's slowly i mean just to know that like radio programmers are told like you can't play two art two female artists back to back is just sickening um And, you know, we've always kind of had to fight for that space. And it breeds, I guess in the past, um, I think that has shifted. It kind of breeds this kind of competition between women, and it's so unnecessary. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at country music in general, look, I mean, it's still a good old boy town. Hmm. That hasn't really shifted much. We we are a little more expansive than we, we have been in the past, but I feel like Nashville kind of takes one step forward and two steps back. And so... Um, you know, you definitely see more diversity there now. Um, but I, I just find it so interesting. I like, I look at, you know, the African-American artists in the genre. It's like, do people not realize like they're where we got our music from? Like literally. And so it just amazes me. It's like, it doesn't matter to me, like who you love, what your skin looks like. Like if we, music is music, you know, and I think just because you're not like the typical face of the the white American, you know, country artist, like doesn't mean that you shouldn't be in the genre. So mm. I'm fully for it. And Mickey's done so well, um, you know, and I think, um, you know, to have these beautiful women that were on that CMT special with me, you know, supporting me and t- sharing their stories about how much I've influenced them. It was just, it was so cool to see. Like, I don't get to hear that. You know, I know that I've heard them talk about it in interviews, but to actually sit with them and hear how much I've influenced them growing up was really special. Is it kind of weird when they're kind of a similar age to you often as well? Someone's saying you inspired me growing it up. It's I like, mean, like people constantly ask me about Taylor Swift. I'm like, she's not that much younger no. than me, you know? <laughs> and, but, but like I said, I started so young that it's, it's kind of wild. Yeah, it's crazy. I've got a couple more questions for you. Christmas is around the corner. Mm-hmm. I know you're a big Christmas fan. You've got yes. a Christmas movie. Love you it. know, um, what's Christmas like in your house? It's calm. All is calm. Um, <laughs> no, it is. It's um I'm I usually tour during the holidays. We're doing a holiday tour this year. We start at the beginning of December and you're I You're playing the Ryman, I saw. Yeah, we are weeks. playing yeah. the Ryman. So fun. I don't finish till December twenty second. So when I get home, I'm literally in sweats. I'm not cooking. <laughs> I'll wrap a gift, but I'm not cooking. And it's just like absolutely chill. We're doing this year. I told everybody, usually we do like a really beautiful dinner. Everybody gets dressed up. I'm like, we're in sweats. I'm doing a pizza party. Everybody's making their own pizza. That's it. That's <laughs> all it is. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I was thinking, I was like, as I said, going through all your achievements, you've achieved so much. What are you bad at? What is Leanne Rhymes not good at? <laughs> what are you tell? You must be something. Oh, what am I? I'm like, what am I bad at? Mine is DIY. I cannot even put like a light bulb up. I'm oh, terrible. Really? I'm so bad. It's like really embarrassing. Oh, um, well, I, I am bad at reading directions. <laughs> I don't, I have no, like, I love to read, but if it comes to directions, I, I need someone to show me how to do something. I'm not one of those, I'm a visual learner and I like, I can't read it. And then I, and, and I'd also, I just like to mess it up and then I'll okay. figure it out. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not great at math. Okay. I'm not a huge math person. Okay. I just don't like, I mean, I like, I like counting numbers when it comes to like, 
bank. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> we're adding to that, not subtracting from it. But we're adding to the bank. It's good. I can count those numbers. But um, other than that, like, I'm, I'm much more of, like, a creative, like, writer than I am that other side of my brain. It's turned on, but it doesn't work that well. <laughs> I love that. I'm good at counting yeah. numbers, adding yeah, to the bank. <laughs> exactly. I like adding, not subtracting. Uh, That's amazing. Well, Lam, thank you so much. Just love chatting to you. you. It's been awesome. It's and so you're, nice to meet you. And you're welcome anytime thank here. Thank you Absolute so much. Country. Thank you. Thank you. Absolute Radio Country is filled with the best sounds from Nashville 24 hours a day. But even we can't fit in everything. You'll find a full story right here. This is Country Music Talk, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the world of country music.